What is happening, beautiful people? Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Clinic Gym Freedom Formula Show. I'm GR Hoff here with Ryan Wade, and you're in the right place if you are a clinic owner that is tired of working 12-hour days. Maybe you want to take a vacation, God forbid, for a few, a few days, a few hours, maybe a few weeks, a year. My goodness. You want to stop losing clients to underqualified personal trainers who are eating up all of your yummy recurring revenue opportunity, and you want to build a consistent, predictable, reliable source of recurring revenue so you never worry about where that next customer is coming from or the next paycheck is coming from again. Uh, before we get into today's content, uh, we have a really crazy free gift for you guys. Um, it might be changing later because this thing is massive. Um, but if you head over now to clinicgymfreedomformula.com slash gift, you will get our um, completely just uh, gargantuan, never lose a healed and happy patient again, free training that Ryan and I did uh, two hours of awesomeness. Um, and let's jump into the content. All right, guys, so we get questions all the time on how hard is it? Like, what are the steps I need to take to actually um, open up, like bolt on this gym to my clinic? business, right? People feel like in a lot of cases that there's too many hurdles, too many barriers to actually opening up. And so what we wanted to do is basically start up this make the leap, making the leap, I guess, podcast um, series where uh, Ryan and I are going to dig into, you know, what are the different steps, all the different little hurdles that, um, that you see, or you feel like there might be, some of them are real and some of them are imagined. Um, what do we actually need to overcome? And uh, the first one, today is essentially like what qualifications do you need? What certifications do you need? Um, we can work on the, the language and you'll dig into it deeper uh, here in a second, I'm sure, Ryan. But what, what, do, I, what do I need to do uh, to, to add on a gym to my clinic? Sure. Well, uh, first of all, just preface this. Um, I, I will cough during this. So I just want to get that out of the way. Excuse me for that. I do not have COVID. I got tested uh, two days ago, they called me yesterday. I'm good, but I am definitely going to cough because I'm doing it all weekend. Um, but, you know, the first thing that I want to say about, you know, just qualifying yourself to open up this hybrid business is that it sounds like a lot. It seems like a lot. It feels like a lot. And being somebody who has been doing this now for four or five years, and I've now worked with uh, the PT that we have now and, and other PTs as well and other chiros, you know, opening up this second business, it doesn't have as many moving pieces as the body. And I think some clinicians like to diagnose, like the, just the diagnostic phase in your brain seems like, you know, you got to look for all the hidden secrets of how to unlock the hidden temple, right? If we can go back to, to Nickelodeon and then to the hidden temple for oh, a minute. Good show. Silver good snake, show silver snake for you, right? Um, anyway, it, but it's, it's not anatomy and physiology. Like it's a lot simpler than it seems. You just, you just kind of go for it, you know, and you start taking the leap by putting, putting one piece down and taking the next one. So what I mean by that, right, it sounds like really, um, right. But it's, it's basically like, I know there's some, there's okay, it's not legal advice. We're not lawyers. Right. But, um, I know that there's some, some catch up kind of in the state by state, what you're allowed to do as a physical therapist, as a chiropractor, um, and adding on a gym or a fitness training business into what you are doing. There's some gray lines there. First of all, check your state recommended guidelines. Make sure that it's legit. I think a very nice catch-all, um, and again, not a lawyer, not legal advice, is that you just make a separate LLC. It's a different company altogether, um, and that you're protected in that way. It's a training business. Now, now, I'm not, we were just, you know, as we were discussing kind of show notes and stuff, like, it kind of sounds kind of stupid. Like, you're a doctor of physical therapy. Are you qualified? Well, yeah, but 
like, yeah, you're qualified. You're more qualified than 99.9% of people who are actually running training businesses because, yeah. you know, I'd, I'd say out of that 99%, like 50% of them aren't certified at all. There is literally zero barrier of entry in the gym industry and it's awful. And should it be that way? Hell no. And yeah. are there, um, are there higher level certifications that most of us should have and, and things like, I, I know I do, I don't know if you did it back in the day, you know, but should we do this? Yeah, you I should. did. I have zero there, active now. So there, there you go. You have four, four gyms, right? So <laughs> point proven. But <laughs> whenever we're looking at these things, like whenever I am talking to A&P students or, or whatever, you know, uh, exercise science students, I'm, I'm telling them, you know, unless you're going to work in a, a, a lab or a collegiate setting, you don't need the CSCS, CPT, AS. CM, whatever, whatever the letters are, like you don't need to do it. I think the best thing that you can do is care just more than anybody about the people that you're serving, because you can't guarantee that with a piece of paper with your name and, and some letters on it, right? You just care and you go in. So you start the business with the intention of saying, I am overly qualified to start helping people get out of pain, strength train, get back to an active lifestyle and learn the fat loss secrets in the, in the strength conditioning uh, you know, sports specific, quote unquote, um, stuff along the way, like take your time, go through it and do that. Just start with the intention of truly helping people live better, more active, pain-free lives. Use it as an extension of what you are already doing. Don't even think about it as like, you know, this is this whole new world. It's not, it's a continuum, right? It's, right. it's you are on the, the base level of the continuum, taking somebody from being hurt to getting them to be active. Now we're taking that next step to assure that they do not re-injure themselves, make themselves stronger, get themselves moving forward. Now, in terms of qualifications that you can do, um, a lot of those fancy CSCSA, CSM, all those other things, um, awesome, cool. I think if you're a PT or a Cairo, like it is way overkill. You're already like way, 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 way ahead of that. Yeah. I think the best thing that you can do is find people who have sustained business success, who have good strength training, um, protocols in place that are doing in-person certification and going and attending those and getting some hands-on, um, some hands-on experience doing training type six, right? right? Doing, doing, you know, sprint work and Olympic lifts or whatever it is that you're into, find your niche and, and do that. There's people out there doing private certifications that are far more valuable to you being as though you already have that knowledge. And honestly, like, me being a, I graduated with an education degree, like I had the CSCS already before I went and did these in-person private certifications and those were way more useful to me anyway, right? And so that's kind of where my training business took off is whenever I started going to those in-person private certifications and getting my, my hands-on experience doing these things that were more geared towards the niche that I was working with. And so, you know, it's, Okay. Be you just, you're starting to knit with that. You, you froze for a second. We're good. We're good. Okay. We're good. You're back okay. on. Yeah. So a, you're already like overly qualified. You, the CSCS and things like that, like you already have covered it in your doctorate degree with 10 times what you're going to see in there. You, you go and you look for your, your training um, experience with these in-person private certifications and basically, you set up a caring 
uh, safe environment for people to train in, you look at it as a continuum. It's a separate business. Yeah, you're probably going to open it up as a separate business and a separate LLC, but it's just an extension of what you're doing, right? And so I don't think we need to put so many hurdles in the way of getting to that point. It's kind of like just start doing it. Pick the person who needs the help, right? For it, we'll first form your LLC, make sure you're, you're insured and all that fun stuff, right? But then you pick the person who needs the help that is, is like kind of almost done working with you on the continuum that you're serving already and you just continue with them and there's where your training business starts and then you know you're in, in any business anyway it's the person who takes the most the person who takes the most action the imperfect action right sloppy action whatever you want to call it the person who does the most is going to win the most because they're going to continually make adaptations like you can't have this perfect alignment it's just like you know, we talked about back in the, like, the, the COVID episode where we were talking about the perfect opportunity, right? Like, that perfect opportunity in terms of, like, starting this operation is never going to show up. Uh, the COVID opportunity is the best time to do it. But you don't need to put more barriers in front of it than that. You know, just, you just start going and training people and caring for them and creating packages and, and learning about the business end of things and continuing the continuum until the, the clinical process is over. Until that person is ready to, to like fly away from the nest, right? So to speak, is you've already given them all your care and attention, they can go. So, you know, that's really it. And you don't even, in terms of, well, I got to collect equipment and all that, you really don't. Like your first gym, how much did you invest in your first gym? And equipment? <laughs> well, but, but when I first started training people, it was out of the back of my truck with some equipment that my brother had welded together in like tires and shit. So right. and not, not the, but basically nothing, basically. Yeah. Nothing. yeah. Barrier of entry. Okay. First of all, stuff that your brother welded together. That's illegal. Don't do yep. that. Uh, <laughs> you're not allowed to use homemade equipment. Not, not <laughs> illegal, but. Not it's a good way to get your ass sued and not be yeah. protected by your insurance yeah, company. Sure. There, there you go. Yeah, that yeah. too. So yeah. I know whenever I worked back in the, the chiropractic office, we had a Russian jump box, which was like this big, thick, and angled jump box. We were going horizontally, and it was made by one of the people that came to the, the chiropractor's office, um, one of his clients, one of his patients, and it was like the coolest thing ever. The motherfucker took up half the gym. And it was, <laughs> it was it was homemade, and it, and if it ever broke, we were in deep shit. But, um, yeah. It was cool though. It's, it's so to say that like you really again, it proves the point of the barrier of entry is very low. Go and start helping people. Uh, you're a doctor, like you're you're so overly qualified to keep people safe and and get them to the point where they need to be. Um, get your LLC. Get your you know you probably already have payment processing. Um, you don't really need to worry about much more other than taking appointments and doing it. <laughs> Am I missing something? No, I mean, I mean, I think like the, just to get, to get kind of systematic about the way to, to consider thinking about this again, this is, none of this is legal advice, but thing, thing one, like you guys are, are already pretty damn likely to be um, plenty qualified to get into training people in a in a safe um manner now assuming i think there's probably two paths here like assuming you are really super duper well versed and your training has um as in your tra like your background um has a function of like whatever you want to call it like appropriate strength training in it you probably can just get like you probably don't need any certification period um 
but effectively it's appeasing your insurance company. So my recommendation, if I was going to do this again and again, this is not legal advice would be to absolutely create a separate LLC. That way, uh, again, like this is, it sounds like legal advice. It's not my understanding. My limited understanding of it is that if you're, if someone, if something were to happen, God forbid, your Russian jump box in your training business was all busted and somebody tried to sue you, they couldn't come after the PT side when you have your two separate LLCs. And those LLCs protect you personally from any of your personal assets, regardless of which business was possibly getting sued from having people being able to go after that. And so thing one is you're going to have your two LLCs. Most likely you don't have to uh, talk to your lawyer. Um, and then you're going to need to get insurance, which again is a very nominal expense, but you're going to need to get insurance and you're going to need to make sure that your, basically your certification is cool with your insurance company. Get a, get a certification that's cool with them. And at that I'll point, extend on actually, if you don't mind just for a second. Like, go ahead. So yeah, like CSCS in the ACS, American College of Sports Medicine, um, those two are going to be the, the most expensive, right? And so like, go get your ACE, go get your ISSA. One of the the lesser expensive ones. I mean, you're already overly qualified. You have a, your, your doctor. Um, just, so the shaping of, ex, of expense and time. It's Check the box on gain. a piece of paper. Check the box for your insurance, sure. Yeah. And then um, your next layer, like do we recommend either you or the person that's going to be running your actual training, um, the training side of your business, like do these in-person kind of more workshoppy than certifications to improve yourself and improve your experience, everything else. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but the reality is like, and this is my argument is that the bigger problem you're going to have, like the bigger question on whether or not you are actually successful with this is whether or not people actually enjoy training with you and like the quote unquote bedside manner, the experience that people get as they are working with you um, and how much you care is such a huge determining factor in that. Again, what Ryan said, the, 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 the level of care that you show them is going to be a, a much higher <laughs> determining factor. It's going to have a much higher correlation with your success than really anything else. And so um, in short, appease your insurance company, make sure that your boxes are checked um, legally. And that's for, for most of you, probably all you really need to do and then yeah. are there things you might want to do maybe but i think if there's even just one thing that you can extend on this is just like because you said or the person who's doing your training like is that person qualified that's probably the bigger question here and it's yeah. in their their bedside manner is probably also needed as well and can you speak the language and and impart to them how you want things done um, because again, they don't, they don't need the certification either, but they do need to be knowledgeable enough to keep people safe and get people results, which comes directly from you if you are hiring them to do that work. So, you know, if, if you need to brush up on your training knowledge because of that, again, that's where those in-person private certifications are going to be the best way to go. Usually they're going to tell you how to teach your co other coaches how to do these things and break it down in a very easy checklist, systematic way. That way, then you can, you, ha you A, have built your network of other trainers to be able to bounce ideas off of, which is probably more valuable than reading that book. And also, go, going and being able to speak the language, tell your hired help, your hired trainer, whoever it is, how you want things done, what your progressions, regressions are, and, and all the, you know, the terminology that we can go through in the training space, which we don't need to dive into. I think that's just the bigger point is to make sure that, that person is overly prepared, overly qualified, and that you can quickly and efficiently communicate with them 
what is good, what is not kosher, and what needs to happen in order for you to deliver the same experience time after time getting people individualized results. Yeah, because the, the, I guess where we missed there, or where I missed, is the idea is you may not need to have any qualifications at all if you're not doing the training. Um, I think we almost alluded to it early in the conversation and then sort of went in this big circle until you came back to it. So first off, I guess you don't necessarily need anything. The legal structure, again, not legal advice, um, still makes sense, right? Because you're going to have either a partner, employee, or some other uh, function if you're not doing the training um, and you're having somebody else do it then they need to have a certification that checks the box bare minimum um, for your, you know, to basically appease the insurance company and make sure you're covered or something were to happen in your facility. After that, they don't need that. Legally, some insurance, some insurance companies are, they, they have, you need to check with your individual insurance company because like one of our insurance companies was like, we're covered this, this, and this, you need to certify that your coaches are certified with gotcha. one of these approved certifications. Okay. Um, otherwise, like an insurance company might not want to cover some rando off the street that makes somebody do Jillian exactly. Michaels, BOSU ball, kettlebell swing. So just like, again, check with your individual insurance companies. Um, I'm sure if you need individual recommendations on those, Ryan and I can talk about the different ones that we've worked with uh, with you individually. Um, but otherwise, that's a really good transition into uh, the next episode which is like, I'm already busy enough doing this shit, like doing my normal day job. How the hell am I going to add on this uh, clinic gym, uh, this gym to my business that's already, you know, for a lot of you, probably taking up 12, 14 hours, 16 hours a day sometimes. Um, so we're going to help you out with that in the next episode with a little allusion to the team stuff. Anything else we need to do to, uh, to put a bow on are we qualified or not? Yes, you are. L- protect yourself legally. And check with your insurance company. (laughs) Check boxes. Good to go? Yeah. All righty. Well, that's all we got for you guys today. Uh, If you'd like to talk about how we can help you um, grow your own clinic gym hybrid, where we guarantee that you'll add 525K of recurring revenue um, to your gym, to your business uh, in 12 weeks with us, as long as you do the work. We guarantee it, uh, or we give you all your money back plus 500 bucks. You can go to clinicgymfreedomformula.com slash call and book a time to talk with Ryan where we will have a super duper high pressure, um, get to know you call, uh, where he'll make you feel really sleazy um, if you don't give us all your money. Uh, hashtag kidding. Um, hashtag on to the next episode where we talk about how you can open this thing, um, how even the busiest clinician can bolt on a profitable recurring revenue stream to their business. Love and hugs. We'll talk soon.